there's a new name for Toyota in Lanarkshire. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Hamilton. We're bringing you everything Toyota backed by first class service. So come and view the stunning new Toyota range, all with up to 10 years warranty. Including the Igo Cross and the new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas. Our formidable range of commercial vehicles, including the Hilux. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer trained technicians. And specialist advice from our Motability team. Macklin Motors Toyota is open now at Whistlebury Road, Hamilton. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com, representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go! So, we've got a few questions for you tonight. Were Rangers right to sack Giovanni Van Bronckhorst? Who's going to be the next Rangers manager? Who's going to win the World Cup? How good is Davy Martindale? He is November's Premiership Manager of the Month. There'll probably be a few other questions to come as well. And we're happy to take your questions as ever on the usual number 0808 17 17 700. And on the Tuesday version of the Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors, it's Rob McLean here with Stephen McGinn. How are you? Yeah, good, Rob. Good. Are you going to be able to answer some of those questions? You've got an hour <laughs> to answer them all. Um, what about the, the Rangers situation? Um, well, the first question is, do you think Rangers were right to get rid of uh, Giovanni? Yeah, I did personally. I thought I thought he had to win the three games before the break. Um, and I think even after the St. Johnson one, I, thought, I think that's the way it was going with the Rangers fans even if they'd won five games in a row, the sixth one, there was going to be question marks over them. I thought it looked like it was the right time to, to move on. Um, the, the European run would be always remembered fondly by the Rangers fans, but domestically, it's not been good enough. I know it's six months ago, isn't it? They reached the Europa League final, which was some achievement. And also the qualification uh, at the start of this season uh, for the Champions League. I know the group stages obviously were a nightmare for the club, um, but actually the qualification process the coming back from two down against Union SG and then uh, beating PSV PSV yeah to get to the group stages proper uh, and that's just a few months ago yeah really strange I mean uh, USG were, had an amazing run in Europe so far uh, showed that they were no mugs obviously um, really good turnaround they had at Ibrox and the biggest ones obviously knocking out PSV um, they were so good over in Eindhoven and you're thinking they've really got this European uh, they've got a, ha- a hang of this and PSV are obviously neck and neck with Ajax in the, in the Dutch league and the performances they put on Ajax were so different to the performances they put against PSV so I'm not sure what went wrong what changed um, but domestically there was too many hiccups especially away from home Who's going to win the World Cup? Well I really wanted Argentina to win it <laughs> now, I'm, now I just want them to get out the group stage yeah. but I've thought Brazil from the start um, right. really I mean their strength and attack um, the options throughout the squad so I think it'll Brazil be this time You just saw a little bit of that game today because you were in one of John McGlynn's marathon meetings uh, at Falkirk so um, that, does he do that a lot? Um, yeah he's big video part of uh, he's, he's kind of tactical how he gets information across is on the computer uh, on, the, on the big screen and um, good or bad we, we go through every game just sometimes when uh, we let them down on a Saturday they tend to be a bit longer than the, the good ones how is, it, how is it going with Falkirk? obviously I mean it's um, lo- we think in terms of this being a shutdown in Scottish football but it's far from it for, from, for, for Championship Leagues 1 and 2 yeah it didn't feel like a shutdown for football wise on Saturday night when you're reflecting on what felt like two drop points you know it's a uh, 
it's obviously a, a big club in the wrong league um, but we've got no divine right to get out of that league um, every game's tough brings its own challenges but uh, we were disappointed on Saturday we felt like we'd got them firmly back down to five points and um, we, we, we've let the, the league go back up to seven points with what we felt were two drop points Has it been difficult for you to adapt to that level having been a Premiership player? No um, every I mean leagues are tough I've played in a lot of different leagues um, they all bring their own challenges um, obviously at, off off of winning the championship last year I did think it was that that was the decision to, to drop down a league after winning the league above Um but I just I don't I don't have lots of I don't have lots of years ahead in my career. I just wanted to play the last few years, um, learn learn how John McGinn played football. To mm. be honest, I played against his team, had huge respect for his Rafe team and the way they they played, and see how he did it, and and then try and have that challenge of getting Falkirk out of that league again and and back playing Championship football. Let's talk to Sean from Garthamlock. Hi, Sean. How you doing? Well, hey, Rob. Sorry. No, it's okay. I've been called worse, uh, I think. Um, what would you like to say, Sean? Well, I'm very happy um, the manager's away because I've been shouting from his time was up a while back. So I'm happy. And I've been on um, shows before down south talking about uh, Rafa Benitez or Sean Dice. But Rafa Benitez fans very unlikely. But Sean Dice, I think, would be a good shout for Rangers. And he's free. Sean Dyche, yeah. Yep. Yeah, do, do you, Burnley. Yeah, I mean, he, he's, he did a fantastic job, didn't he, uh, at Burnley. Um, and he might be exactly what, what Rangers need, Stephen, at the moment. Yeah, well, I, I worked with Sean. Um, he was assistant manager for Malkate Watford and then ah, became the manager the, the right. following year. So um, I, 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 I thought he was a top coach. I thought he was a top manager when he was at Watford. He did a brilliant job in, in both. And I know exactly what he would do when we go in. He would raise the standards, expectations, discipline. Um, he would get them run, running harder. Um, and I think he's he, he's got that hunger as well that he wants to prove that he's not just this um, defensive Burnley manager that mm. makes him hard to beat. And Rangers would bring across that challenge of um, attacking football and, and winning games more often. Is that reputation unfair that sometimes attached to him that, that sometimes the football's a bit brutal? Yeah, I think it's, it's a kind of stigma that maybe British coaches have that they're a bit more rigid than than the foreign coaches and, and I think Sean Dyche if he went and tried to play expansive football with the tools he had at Burnley then he wouldn't have stayed in the league as long as he did he might not have bounced back um, it's quickly out of the championship if if he tried to to fight with, with tools that he didn't have so at times he'll probably think it's unfair he'll probably look at maybe the goals he scored and the, the problems they caused Man City teams like that when they probably mm. have no right to do it Um so, uh, uh, as I said, I've not worked under him for a long time, but you watch all his stuff, all his interviews, and it is something that he seems a bit frustrated with, that he has he has got that stigma. I know this won't be the thing that gets him the job, but he seems a funny guy. He's, he's got a great sense of humour. Yeah, he's got a really dry sense of humour. Yeah, he's quite uh, sarcastic. Um, so, I, I'd quite like to, to get him up here at Scottish yeah. football. To, um, he used to... He used to slag me sometimes about Scottish football, so it'd be nice to him to uh, take on the challenge. In the, uh, the Glasgow Goldfish Bowl. Yes, yes. So. Sean, uh, when did it all start? When did you think it all started uh, unravelling for Giovanni in the job? Uh, probably about the last six or seven weeks ago. I just thought, 
Maybe, probably, see, to be honest, it's probably when uh, the first Champions League game, I think we got, was it six stars? I can't even remember. that bad? Um, the Champions League, I think it was starting to show then, but in the football, he's played, I think, this season, I think Rangers have played two good games this season against Aberdeen and against Hearts. I think maybe uh, Hearts, I think it was four. Was it 4-0 or something? Aberdeen, Fina, I can't really remember, but mm. that was probably the only two games. His fit was just been too defensive. He doesn't know how to change a game. And I just, I actually don't think the players have actually played for him mm. for a good while. And I think, but what we do need, we need a, a manager, if it's Sean Dice or whoever who it is, somebody we can sort out Morelos, because if, if we can't sort out him, he will need to go in January, because he's just, we need to get some sort of money for him. Uh, Ken, I think there's a, a chance Rangers could get Ken on the new contract, but I think the is is uh, tight bleep. It's funny that you say that the that Giovanni van Bronckhorst couldn't change a game because I'm thinking back to the European games last season and that was surely well, that, that, uh, yeah. that, that, that was surely a big plus that he had over Steven Gerrard before him. That that ability he had but, to tweak but, things well, within a game. But Rob, what a lot of the uh, journalists and the, the, uh, the colleagues down south are saying, it was Gerard's team that he played with. So when he mm. got his, his new team this season, things were starting to show he might have not been up to the job. I, I wish him all the best. Yeah. I've not got any bad thing to say about him. But I just don't think his time is up. He's a nice guy and maybe he will never tell us exactly what happened behind the scenes. If he does... I wonder if he will allude, Stephen, to the recruitment process and how much or how little he was involved in it. Yeah, he's, I quite like listening to his interviews. He was, he was usually pretty honest and, and open, but the one thing he probably wasn't very honest and open was his, he, he was quite defensive of who brought people in. He always said mm. he had the final answer, but there was something about it that just didn't really feel like that That was the truth, that bit. Yeah. And is the is the league gone uh, Sean, would you would you say that at nine points there's there's no way back whoever comes in? Well, it depends who it is because there's some managers. The Rangers got a Rafa Benitez and Douglas Park or ever if Cal Fox or ever who's got to be running Rangers in the next couple of months. If somebody says to Rafa Benitez or Sean Dice, there's twenty five to thirty million to try and compete with Celtic, then there's a chance. But realistically, it's probably as going, but. If if we can get a Sean Dice, a Rafa Benitez, I know it's got to be hard, but I would I would have a, a lot more praise, uh, maybe hope. But at the moment, yeah, I think it is good. You've got the betting, uh, the latest betting for for new Rangers manager in front of you there, Stephen, and and certainly if you go by that, it looks as if uh, Michael Beale is a stick on. Yeah, he's going into a short favourite, the one to six um, with Sky Bet. So um, and obviously. Everything you think of, he was up in Ibrooks only a couple of weeks ago, and mm. he's made no secret of he'd love the chance to come back as manager. So, if if Rangers are looking to get the manager sewn up, it, it is really pointing towards uh, Michael Beale at the minute. Does that flick your switch on the, the thought of Michael Beale coming back? I would like Michael Beale. Thank you. Um, well, he was basically the one that was mostly doing the training at Ibrooks before. Yeah. If it's true, it's some of the media's claim, but. I would like that, but you know who I would like Kit Rangers as well? Not as manager, not at the moment, maybe one day in the future, but as a coach, you might not like it, go radio. I would like to see a Barry Ferguson back at Rangers as oh, well. No, we're, we're trying to get rid of him, so that would, that, would, that would suit us, absolutely. As long as we get the right fee, 
of course, and the yep. and the sell on clause. Um, yeah, what about Kevin Thompson? Could he be a, another one who might be in the frame somewhere to be involved as part of the of the coaching team? Yeah, I would like Kevin Thompson as well. He's he's done well in coaching. Maybe maybe the two Barry Ferguson, Kevin Thompson, not being disrespectful, but I don't think they're the right people they know to take the club as manager. But as yeah. some sort of coach, I would welcome that. Is there a danger with Michael Beale, Stephen, about coming back to a job that you've... I know he wasn't in the manager's job, but he was part of the management team coming back again and trying to recreate what he, what they had before. Yeah, well, I, I think it's a risk just because he... Although Sean says, I, I was lucky enough um, end of last season after the season was finished that um, Stephen Gerrard allowed me to come watch Aston Villa training and, and I, see, I saw that um, Michael Beale took all the training and I get that and I, I get what Sean's saying about... Everyone says it's Michael Beale's tactics and he's Michael Beale's. But it is different being that that man up the front, that one that, that faces the press every couple of weeks and gets asked about your decisions and gets asked why he's playing, why he's not playing and, and, and faces up to the press after maybe a, a bad defeat. So it is totally different. And, and with only playing, I think I read somewhere he's only had 21 games as a manager. I do think it is a bit of a risk getting the Rangers job. Big risk, Sean. Yeah, it is a risk, and it's actually 22 games. I've not been <laughs> hard Sorry, Sean. I heard that on Sky Sports earlier. But I, I would like to see some sort. But I know sometimes it is a risk. I know he wasn't a manager, but sometimes people don't want to go back for people that were there before. But we're going to need to do something. But I think it will happen fast. I think Rangers will appoint a new manager by the end of the week. I think it's got to be a fast one because the AGM is only two, two weeks away. Mm. I think it's just. 6th of December so I think they want a manager in place by the 6th of, de- uh, 6th of December Why not yet? Why Why yesterday and not the previous Monday? Uh, that's a strange one as well I think, I think uh, do you know what I think there would have been a lot more pressure on like media wise would have been at Ibrox but because the World Cup so I think it's made Rangers maybe the less pressures on them eh? they've got more time Who's going to win the, my view on it, who's, who's going to win the World Cup Sean? Um, I would have maybe I went for Argentina earlier, I know, but I would yeah. like to see maybe um, France or something doing well. And but I so but it's been it's been quite good so far. I would like to I would like to even see Wales doing so bad and yeah. maybe England, but it'd be good to see Australia doing well tonight. Well, Robert Lewandowski's never scored a goal in the World Cup for Poland, uh, and he still hasn't. <laughs> Because he's uh, he's just had a penalty saved. Uh, that looked to be the moment that he was going to actually sort things out against Mexico at the World Cup, but it was saved by the goalkeeper. It wasn't a great penalty either. And uh, well, he's one of the great club finishers, isn't he? But uh, he still hasn't scored in a World Cup. But it, there's uh, well, there's certainly uh, maybe 30, 40 minutes. Uh, the way they're adding on stoppage time, there's maybe another hour and a half to go. To be honest, in that but game, Rob, yes, Rob. yes. Before before I go, I would I would like to I hope uh, Jason Cummins does well in yeah. the World Cup because he is actually Scottish. So if Australia go and win the World Cup, Jason Cummins scores. We can basically say Scotland will win it. Yeah, I'm look, I'm looking forward to his celebration uh, if he scores at the yeah. World Cup and also his interview afterwards because uh, he I, is. Uh, the interview would be better than the goal. He's not right wired, is he, Jason Cummins? But it would be good. Uh, it'd be good to see him uh, do well. Sean, thanks for your call. Good to have you on the show. Thanks a lot. That is Sean and Garth Amlock. Uh, and just talking about the the Rangers job and the the, the search for that replacement for Giovanni van Bronckhorst. Uh, this is some of the, the Rangers fan reaction. 
I guess I just kept them at the end of the season and had somebody ready to come in at the end of the season. At the end of the season, they could have won the league. They could have won the treble. Has they've been getting enough time, enough money to buy players, bring players in? His players? Nobody knows because nobody's ever been told. I'd like to see the next manager that comes in being a tough guy to get some fit and moving because it's just something no right. It's, they're no fitter. It's all this sideway passing, back the way passing. There's no get ahead, get into them. I'm not really surprised. The team's not been performing in the park and it doesn't seem to have had a, a, a kind of plan B um, when we've been playing. You know, it's just it's been poor to watch. It's been really poor to watch. It's the last two or three games, St Mern game, horrendous. So. I don't know if he's lost the dressing room or something like that. There's just something that, that's just not there. It's probably the right time to replace him. If we look at it, then it's probably the right time to replace him. You know, are we going to give him money and it doesn't work to keep him there at the end of the season? Where this time round, you know, we've got we've got a wee bit of time now, so we could maybe look at replacing him and whoever comes in, maybe get any cash. If there's if there isn't there to sit and look at actually maybe changing the team about a wee bit. I actually think it's already picked. I think it's Sean Dice. Aye. I think Dice is going to get the job. I think it's already picked. His, his name's been getting, his name's been in the hat for the last two, three, two months, maybe or so since he since he got the sack. So I think I think it's uh, he's, he's pals with Robinson, Robinson as well. You know what I mean? I think it's it's going to happen. I think I think it'll be Dice. But I would like to see him days maybe bring in somebody like Kevin Thompson or something like that. You know, maybe within the backroom staff. You know what I mean as well, or Barry Ferguson, something like that. Somebody who, who somebody who does have Rangers at their heart. You know, and bring somebody in like that as well. I think that's what they maybe need. We change. Achtam got it for him, he was a good Rangers man. I think when he got the job he was the guy we all wanted. Obviously it's not really worked out results-wise, you understand the results, it's a results-based industry. I mean, but I'm got it for him. There's a lot of talk about Gerard coming back. I think people some people would welcome that, some people wouldn't. But I, I personally wouldn't mind if it was him again, but the news is only broke, so I've no really time to think about it myself. So Everyone's got an opinion on uh, the sacking of Giovanni van Bronckhorst and who should be the person taking over. And uh, we've just been watching on the screens in the studio that moment. I've actually I heard an interview with him on the radio earlier on, Robert Lewandowski, uh, so desperate to, to score a goal with Poland at the World Cup. And what a chance Stephen he had there. Yeah, that'll kill him not taking that. And especially with the Argentina result earlier, this essentially becomes a even bigger game if possible for both these teams and edging out this is your halfway to qualifying um, with the South, Saudi Arabia game coming up so a huge moment in the match and you, the Mexicans are still celebrating like they scored five minutes I ago know, I know. Uh, let's know what you think who's going to win the World Cup uh, big shock today of course that, uh, that result for Argentina many people's favourites uh, maybe not now after losing to Saudi Arabia earlier on today Denmark nil, Tunisia nil, and that, that game is goalless still between Mexico and Poland certainly shouldn't shouldn't have been goalless but uh, Lewandowski having his penalty saved France, Australia later on sounds a good one as well it's Rob McLean it's Stephen McGinn the Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors uh, between now and 6 o'clock and coming up next we're going to be speaking to Richard Foster the Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com Representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland Let's go, 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 go. It's Rob McLean and Stephen McGinn on Tuesday's edition of the show uh, We're asking you who you think is going to win the World Cup After a, a few confident predictions uh, were shattered uh, Well they might still be accurate to be honest There's still time for Argentina to recover but uh, certainly off to a bad start with that defeat at the hands of Saudi Arabia earlier on. We're obviously talking uh, about the big Scottish football story 
as well the sacking of Giovanni van Bronckhorst which was announced by Rangers yesterday and of course all sorts of suggestions about who might follow in his footsteps I think Walter Zenga was getting a mention uh, today the, the former Wolves manager and of course uh, the legendary former Italian international goalkeeper as well other names like Michael Beale and Sean Dyche spoken about them Steven Gerrard returning uh, Kevin Muscat has been mentioned and Ralph Fassenhutel uh, the former manager of Southampton he He's, uh, he's got to mention uh, Stephen as well. Yeah, well, I think the links obviously with Ross Wilson from Southampton uh, automatically. I think the press putting two and two together um, be a bit of a coup if he could if get him in fresh mm. from. Um, he enjoy obviously enjoyed some success with Southampton and um, I know they had a pretty strong relationship. But I think it is as well. You're just uh, there's some obviously sources, there's some guesses, and it's it's quite a, a funny season to see what name comes next. Former Rangers right back uh, Richard Foster will surely have the answer for us if we magic him up on the on the phone lines. Hi, Richard. <laughs> Hi, Rob. How are you? See, you, you you bump into me in a well-known supermarket just as I'm struggling to work the automatic checkout <laughs> and looking for looking for help, and then suddenly you're you're on the Go Radio Football Show. How are how are things with you? And you're obviously um, you're, you've been back a wee while now from from your player coaching uh, stint with Detroit. How did that go? Yeah, it was okay. It was um, it's different to here. You know, the the guys over there have, have generally been through the kind of college system, um, and then come into soccer as they call it um, a few years later than as we do back home. So it's the kind of their perspective is a bit different. Um, their goals tend to be a, a little bit different, and they actually they they don't look to stay in the game a long time. You know, they're coming into the, the professional game maybe twenty two years old, and you know by the time they're kind of hitting thirty thirty two, they're looking to to kind of go elsewhere but um, they're all fantastic athletes mm. I think we, we've seen that with the, the first game with, with the US national team that you know fantastic game athletically um, and you know they could I think if you just came out you, if they found a goal scorer yesterday I thought they could have got off mm. a, a real good start but you know it's it's, it's a different it's a different experience um, something I, I wanted to go and try and um, they're wanting me to go back in, in, uh, in January it was late January um, I'm, I'm kind of I'm trying to weigh up my options at the moment and what I want to do but it's um, it's, just, it's just something different you know I've, I've been around Scottish football for a long long time and at the time the opportunity came up and I just thought you know what I want to go and try something different and um, and just kind of add a bit a bit of a different experience to my to my CV to be honest So you'd prefer to, I mean coaching and management is obviously a line you want to go down but, but probably not in Scotland or, or would that just depend on whatever opportunity came your way? I think it, it depends on the opportunities. I think the, the the opportunities in the US are are far greater in terms of the amount of teams. You know, the size of the country, of course. Um, there's a lot more opportunity there, um, probably to to kind of to get a lot of the coaching experience under my belt. You know, I, I want to take the right opportunity if and when it comes along, but I want to be ready for it. I don't, you know, I've, I've got no desire to be a manager next year, in two seasons and three seasons. I want to coach. I want to. No, first and foremost, I want to see if I'm actually any good at coaching. Can I, you know, do I have enough? No- well, I think I've got enough knowledge to give to players, but do, you know, do I do it in a way that they can they can take yeah. it in, they can use it? I mean, I, I hope that that is the case. I feel like it would be, um, and I feel like it was when I was in Detroit. The, you know, the little bit of coaching I done, they were very receptive to it, um, which is always a good thing as a young coach. But like I say, I just I'm just looking for the right opportunity. Obviously, being over in America is different from from my family here I'm mm. away from my wife I'm away from my son so I've got to weigh up whether the the benefits of being in the US um, kind of 
outweigh the, the negatives of, of, of not being um, at home. And of course, the decision might be taken for you. Anyway, you might not have the final say. Well, yeah, <laughs> this, is, this is this is true. You know, um, you, you never know what's around the corner. Yeah, Stephen, you you've got a pal uh, and uh, managing at Tampa Bay, haven't you? Yeah, uh, and what Richard was saying there, I, I speak to him quite regularly, Neil Collins, uh, Richard. And um, I was just looking at the the last game you played each other, Detroit one one now. Um, he speaks about the all, all what Richard said about the boys maybe coming through the college and not having that. Um, want to be a football player for 15 years about the 10 years and why wh- how hard the travelling is how some some of the sometimes you're playing uh, at home in a nice grass pitch and next minute you're playing a different almost a different altitude across the country so all the challenges that that brings over a long season I saw some of the pictures I mean being in Detroit must have been a great experience that that must have been good Richard uh, you know, I saw some of the pictures you posted yeah I mean the, Detroit gets a lot of bad press but my um, my experience in Detroit itself was, you know, was was uh, very good. You know, the people are all really nice, and they they have a I think because of the way that other people talk about Detroit, they have a kind of them. It's, it's us against them kind of kind of vibe, and everyone from Detroit kind of wants to stick together and and kind of obviously try and rebuild the city after you know after it kind of going bankrupt and stuff. And they, and they are trying. There's a lot of new building going on. The downtown area is really nice and clean. It's just lacking a little bit of kind of. You know, infrastructure with shops and stuff, but they're, they're in the process of being built. And it was just like I say, you know, you go to a city's iconic city in terms of its history. You know, I went to the, the Motown Museum, mm. which was, was was cool. You've obviously got all the, the car museums and stuff as well. So it's a it's a fun, you know it's a great city. It, it's you know it's been on its knees for a while, but it is trying to to build itself back. But I mean, if you look at the way they follow soccer, obviously over there we had seven thousand people to home games. Mm-hmm. You know, so it was. Um, and, and Detroit were one of the best supported teams in the USL. So it was, in terms of that, it was it was great atmospheres at the game. Um, you know, it was. I think we were, were uh, we actually played really well against Tampa that game. Um, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure the USL is, is ready for two angry Scotsmen. <laughs> <laughs> no. Same mm-hmm. arena at the same time because I think if if anything, Neil actually gets more angry than I do. Which is wow. Wow, that that is a that is very a, believable. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, so Richard obviously is is going down that path, coaching, and then further down the line, management. But it's not something that's tickling your fancy, I don't think, at the moment, is it? Is it, Stephen? No, I, I actually agree. But I sometimes think about these boys that I play with, and um, are you've you've seen from a distance, and they they become the manager, they inherit the management, and I think I don't know how they do that. I don't know how you can step out from that dressing room just being a a normal teammate to, teammate to taking on the managerial uh, responsibility and picking and dropping guys that you've been in the trenches with. I, I would probably rather do it the same way Richard says, try and find my voice as a coach, see if I'm any good at it before I take on that challenge. Mm-hmm. What did you think, Richard, when you heard the news yesterday that Giovanni van Bronckhorst had gone? Um, there was a, an element of inevitability about it, wasn't there? I think um, after the St. Johnston game, he needed to win both games. Um to give himself any chance, and and it's 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 sad when it happens because managers lose their job, and you know the players they looked they not they looked disinterested, but they looked like that they, they were kind of waiting for the inevitable to happen as well. Um, you know they they had no kind of zest about them, no no drive, no kind of get up and go. The the games, you know, you you lose a game against St. Johnson, they stumble over the line at home against Hearts, albeit Hearts are a decent side, but you expected the reaction. They kind of almost got one because they scraped, all, and then they play St Mirren, and it was just the same old. And I think that the level of performance had dropped. 
Now, while you know I'm a great believer in it doesn't matter how you play as long as you're winning games, especially at the old firm, you need to win games. But as soon as you then start dropping points and the performance level is, is low and it looks like the, some players are disinterested and it looks like they've got no energy and they're, they're lacking fitness, I think then questions start to get answered. And I think the, the kind of sad reality of football is, and this is why I'm, you know, I don't want to jump into it too quickly, mm. as Steve rightly said, is, you know, you can't replace 25 squad players or 25 players, sorry, in a squad but you can replace one manager. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's always the way it goes. And I think because they're so far behind Celtic, and if anything, any time we've had a break in the season, any time we've had a January break, Rangers tend to come back and break worse off than they went out. So, you know, everything points to Celtic winning the league um, far easier this season than they did last season. So that's that's not good if you're a, a Rangers fan or, or board member or a player. So they've obviously decided to try and make the change now and, and hopefully they get that bounce from a new manager whoever it may be, and, and, and try and call the points back. Were the players not performing for him? Had he lost them in a sense? Did it, it, look, did it look like that way, yeah? Yeah, they, they looked a little bit lost. They, they looked like they you know, they, they weren't really buying into the way he was trying to play or trying to get them to play. They, they just looked... I think they've got too many similar players. You know, I think... I, I actually feel sorry for Ryan Kent. You know, I, I know that sounds strange because he's signed them for seven million, so you expect, you expect this big thing from him. But it seemed like that he was the only one. You know, Cholak's done brilliant for them scoring goals, but he's not going to create chances himself. And it's like, well, if Ryan Kent doesn't create them, you know, the other guys kind of flit in and out and sometimes they're great, sometimes they're poor, but Kent's the one that gets most of the attention and he gets most of the stick as well. Um, and I, I feel he's the only one um, that, that that was really trying to ever be productive on a consistent basis. And I think if you look across the city, I know, I, you know, you don't want to... Talk about Celtic when we're worrying about the Rangers manager, but look at the options they have in forward yeah. areas. Yeah. So what that does is, if you're not playing well, you'll you'll sit out and miss a few games, and the guy coming in, he knows you're you're waiting to get back in, so he has to perform. So that just increases um, the kind of the output of the players. But when you've got you know when you've maybe got one player who starts all the time, and the rest are kind of all fighting for a position, and there's not really a great level ahead of you. The standards just drop and players get played by default as opposed to really deserving to play. And that you've seen that with the productivity. You know, Rangers just looked toward the end, they looked a bit toothless. It seemed, Stephen, in terms of recruitment, as if Rangers went from one extreme to the other because they hired so well, they bought in some, some players at great prices, ended up selling them at big prices, and in the meantime got two or three years of, of terrific football out of them. But, but the latest signing spree just didn't come off at all. Yeah, it's just not worked at all. Um, and obviously I've lost, not that they were prolific scorers, but the guys like Aribo, Ennis Hadji, uh, chipped in my goals and helped out um, with Ryan Kent for being the ones that create goals. And they just haven't. I think Rangers fans have been talking every window about how they need a, a right winger. They need someone to bring someone in. And they've still not found that, that one person that will come in and improve that side. And as it looks at the minute, what Richard says, if you stop Ryan Kent, you're stopping Rangers. Mm. And even even with Kent and and you know he he definitely gave it everything in terms of effort, didn't he? But but the numbers weren't great. The, the number you know the, his goal scoring, um, you know yeah. I, I suppose his assists maybe were at a decent level, but in terms of the areas he got into, he, he just he just didn't finish, did he? Um, and 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 Rangers have, have have suffered. What about from from the list, uh, Richard, of of names that are being flung about at the moment, and and certainly. If the bookies are to be believed, 
and and we'd have to take all of that with a pinch of salt. Uh, Michael Beal, Michael Beal's on his way back. Well, I think think Stephen said he's six to one on at the moment. And Michael Beal, would that be a good hiring for Rangers to have him back? Well, I think he's you know he he was obviously very uh, well regarded when he was at Rangers before. He then went on to QPR and they've you know they've done very well in a short space of time. Now you're you're thinking, well, are you going to leave that job? Now I'm always I'm a great advocate of why would anyone leave Rangers and Celtic because you've got a chance to play in Europe, you win domestic titles, but he's got a chance to win the win the championship in England. Um, a very realistic possibility, which then will bring with it, you know, different different riches, of course. But you know, it depends it depends how he feels about the club. I think it would be I think he would be great for Rangers. I think they would do well. I think he's a he's a young, enthusiastic manager. I think he would, he would get the best out of them. I think they, you know, they look like right now they lack a bit of fitness. I think you know under Gerard they were much fitter, or it seemed so. So right. I think he would he would raise that aspect of the game as well. But I think he would be would be exciting. But I think Rangers need to again, sorry to compare, but Rangers need to do you know what Celtic done. They had Eddie Howe, who was a fantastic manager. That fell through. They've brought in Ange Postecoglou, fantastic manager. So Rangers need to think outside the box a bit, a little bit. I think. You know, have Michael Beale's. Maybe that's your favourite, and that's who you want. But don't just have Michael Beale, Michael Beale, Michael Beale, and then nothing else. Because you know, I heard Sean Dyche name mentioned. Mm. Now, the style of play does that suit the way Rangers want to play? Would that excite Rangers fans? Um, I know, I know, like Gerard coming in as a young coach excited Rangers fans because of his name. But I think they would much prefer having a manager. Who, you know, and Gerard done well, but not all big name players turn into good managers. So it's like go and get someone with a bit of substance. I think is it Kevin Muskett's another one that's been uh-huh. named, but he's flying in the, in the J League. So mm. again, he's doing it in a different different league, the same way Ange Postecoglou did. And it's maybe just that something different, something refreshing that Rangers might need to kind of you know spark them into life for the remainder of the season. Just taking you back there a couple of minutes to something you said there. I mean that that's a real condemnation, isn't it? When you when you look at Rangers and say. They're not fit enough. They don't. They don't look fit enough because you might not have good enough players. You might have failed in the in the last transfer window. The recruitment process might have gone badly wrong. But what you should be able to guarantee at Rangers or Celtic is that the team is as fit as it could possibly be. Yeah, of course. And now I, you know, I don't know the numbers. I don't know the number in terms of the distance and the sprints and all the stuff that sports science brings and, and kind of tracks every game. I don't know if there is a distinct difference. Um, in terms of ground cover or whatever, but it just looks it looks like they aren't as fit. It looks like they can't press with the same intensity they did under Steven Gerrard. Mm. And certainly they've done in the European run, you know, even last season. Um, it doesn't look like they have that same level of fitness. It doesn't look like they have the same level of sharpness, which is obviously slightly different. You know, you don't just work on fitness. You, your players need to be quick off the mark. They need to be quick over 10 yards. But they just... now, And it could just be the fact that, you know, you've played in the Champions League... You've got beat six games in a row. You're the worst team ever in the Champions League. That dents your confidence, and that could be the, that could be the reason for the, the kind of lackluster performances. And it might not be fitness at all, but to the to me watching, mm-hmm. they certainly don't seem to have the same intensity as they did before. Stephen, you're nodding. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Don't have a data to back up, but to the to the eye, it does look they do look unfitter. Um, the semi final against Celtic last year, you couldn't split the teams, and and what it looked like was that Rangers were the team really going for it an extra time and they, they had more more to give uh, fitness wise and they took all the plaudits for 
a marathon season and, and as you say how fit they looked each game and even in the, semi, in the, in the final at the end of a long season you know it goes right to the end of extra time and their fitness was never in question and this season it does look as if they have come off it for, for whatever reason Richard good to talk to you good to see you today and uh, did you say ja- is January you've got to make your decision or by January well, I'll, I'll put um, yeah I'll, I'll, have, I'll make the decision sorry in December sometime I would right. think the, the manager he's English so he's going to come over to the UK and I'll have a chat with him then um, but if I do go back I'd be going back at the end of January for like a, I think it's February 1st pre-season start Alright good man good to talk to you All the best. That was Richard Foster, uh, who recently has been player coaching at uh, Detroit City, uh, having played for Aberdeen, Rangers, Bristol City, Ross County, St. Johnston, Park Thistle, uh, before moving uh, across to Detroit. Almost as many clubs as Stephen McGinn, but not quite. He's about maybe three or four short. Uh, Some breaking news that uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, uh, this will not uh, have you dropping to the floor in surprise, uh, is to leave Manchester United by mutual agreement with immediate effect. The club thanking him for his immense contribution uh, across two spells at Old Trafford and then showing showing him the door. Um, I imagine it's all kind of ending in tears. Yeah, it was inevitable. Um, the, the minute he started with that interview, you knew that was it. It was time up. and um, It's for the best, I think. I mean, no doubt in Ronaldo's career and stuff like that, but... It, for whatever reason, it just hasn't happened for him at Man United. I know he scored goals last year, but they, they definitely look a better team without him in it. We're talking football for another 20 minutes. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com Representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go! Less than 15 minutes to go on the Go Radio Football Show. Rob McLean and Stephen McGinn with you tonight. We heard from Richard Foster there. Some interesting stuff. His thoughts on Rangers and uh, what he's planning to do himself. Is he going to continue uh, the American dream um, or not? Uh, We shall see. And news before the break that... uh, uh, Christian Ronaldo and Manchester United have uh, parted company. No great surprise there. News today as well that Davy Martindale uh, has been named the Premiership Manager of the Month. And, uh, well, the plaudits keep on coming, Stephen, for him, don't they? Yeah, uh, another brilliant season for Livingston. Um, nice for someone else to get a shot at Ange Postacoglu's uh, monthly <laughs> trophy. Yeah, good of him to give it up to somebody yeah. else, yeah. So Davy Martindale uh, wins it, and um, every chance they're going to be. I think we've stopped now. I think I think pundits have stopped saying, including Livingston, in any sort of relegation frame at the start of the season because they're they're really time after time competing for the top six. Yeah, I think they're a good side. I think they recruit well every season. Um, they have a way of playing. Everyone knows uh, what page they're on, and they have that kind of us against the league mentality and I think they're well in the fight for third place I genuinely do I think they've had a real strong start to the season and no signs of uh, dropping off the, that battle for third place is almost the same as it was latterly last season isn't it where teams were almost trying to give it away or, or at least places in the top six in the European play hearts were hearts were always heading for third but, but in terms of the other places uh, everyone was losing to everybody else and it seems a bit like that way at the moment yeah, I think hearts, hearts will be the most happy with how it looks just now because mm. I think Hearts came through a couple of months a real uh, tough time injuries real tough schedule and I think the other clubs could have maybe taken 
not taking off from Hearts, not but left them with a lot of work to do. Whereas yeah. I think Hearts Hearts are sitting okay at the minute. They'll get bodies back with this break, and uh, for me, I think they, I think they will finish third. Aye. But um, I think it's a missed opportunity, especially a team like Hibs. They're sitting okay at a minute, and and then they go and lose six out of seven. So it's it's a brilliant. The league's sitting up really nicely. Obviously, mm. the tops looking. Quite, quite formidable for Celtic at the minute but the rest of the league's so tight Yeah I think you're spot on about Hearts um, it's, it's, it feels like a result for them because when you look at how many games they've they've lost in the first part of the season it's it's a lot even taking away the European results um, and they're going to get Halkett back they're going to get Rolls back the, the Australian defender as well I don't know how close Beningami might be but they've had a lot of guys out um, and they're going to get a big lift from the squad improving yeah, and, and in that mix, I think they're the only team that's played Celtic Rangers twice. Right. Which um, I know you shouldn't write off any games, but I think it's quite big. I think I think Robbie Nielsen, from where it could be, could have been, I think he would delighted with, with how the league's looking for him at the minute. Just uh, looking at the quotes, some of the quotes from uh, Celtic striker Kyogo uh, today, talking about his exclusion by Japan at the World Cup. Uh, my dream and my goal was to play there. Uh, of course, I was extremely disappointed and shocked. Uh, but this is no time to stay depressed. My football life doesn't end here, and now I have to move forward. I think he's 27, so you know he's he's got he's certainly got another World Cup at least in him. But you have to think they must have some pretty good strikers uh, at Japan uh, for him not to get in the squad. Yeah, I'm looking forward to watching these strikers, uh, how good <laughs> yeah. they must be. But it was actually a really good interview. He was quite open. Uh, he spoke about um, his time in Japan and he said, look, I've had lots of opportunities and I've not scored the goals that I wanted to, to, to really stamp his place in the squad. And he also said the time in the last World Cup that he was in the second division in Japan. And at the time of when the squad was announced he was preparing to play Real Madrid in the Bernabeu so mm. I think he's taking the, the, the pros and cons of his career and it's moving in the right direction and hopefully for 2026 he can be there Do you expect uh, Celtic to move further and further away uh, when the Premiership resumes? Yeah, it's hard unless Rangers come up with two or three um, I mean Celtic had a really brilliant January transfer window last year I think Rangers would need a, a big transfer window to, to narrow the gap I think even getting into that break there Celtic had probably their worst kind of form in terms of the way that they were playing watch some of the games and but they still managed to find a way to win and uh, I can't see them coming back anything other than fully firing and, and extending that lead and I guess the, the difference between Celtic and Rangers in the Champions League was that Celtic had a go and that they can take pluses. They took they took pluses from chunks of just about every game, didn't they? Uh, whereas Rangers uh, really didn't offer much at all and were, well, they, they, they set the, the record they didn't want. Yeah, it was, it's a strange one because they are, you are, neither wins a game and you're thinking, how are Celtic getting implored? It's, but it, it was, you felt as if Celtic could have won some of the games. Mm. Um Obviously, as well, spoken about the missed chances, but even even just the first hour against uh, Real Madrid, Real Madrid, yeah, they, they were so good and really took the game to them. But um, and in some of the games, they were just done by by counter attacks, you know, real devastating counter attacks from top players. But I don't think Ange Postecoglou wants to stand still. Um, whether it's achievable or not, I think he wants to go into that Champions League next year and and be better and be more competitive. Just looking at the, the game on screen in the studio, are we going to get back-to-back goalless draws? It is certainly uh, looking that way at the moment. We're into seven minutes of stoppage time. Uh, Mexico nil, Poland nil. Of course, it could have been also different had uh, Robert Lewandowski uh, scored that penalty in the first half. 
Yeah, in every poll around the world, thinking just give Robert Lewandowski just one chance in this game, and unfortunately he's passed it up for him. And uh, but I think it just shows you the, the nerves and the tension around this game, falling on from Argentina's defeat. This this is a must not lose for both teams, and that's the way it's played out. Some of these games are going to about 110, 120 minutes uh, with the stoppage time that's being added on, which it just kind of uh, it grabs your eye when you see a sort of plus 13 after the after the time elapsed. I, I've got to say, I'm, I'm all for it. It's something that, in, in my experience of the, the lower leagues in England, it was something that happened quite often down there. That, um, especially my time at Wickham, they were quite well known for kind of wasting the odd bit of time when mm. they were in the lead and we'd face plus 10, plus 9. So I'm all for it, I think. Um, football should be in play as often as possible and if, if there has been time wasting going on then just add the time on and, and play out the 90 minutes Do you think there's going to be a good World Cup? I am hope so I mean I, there's all the noise around it mm-hmm. um, obviously just as a, a TV fan you ignore everything else you, you look, it's, it's a pinnacle and, and where everyone wants to be and uh, all the best players in the world I've been excited for it just a purely football on the telly all the time like mm. every World Cup it's just uh, it's a great buzz seeing what game's next and I suppose in a, in a, on a positive note it does throw a spotlight over what is happening in that country so that people maybe who weren't aware of it are more aware of it now so that that actually uh, that, that that actually is a helpful thing yeah but I, I'm, I'm I watched I watched a Netflix documentary on, on, uh, on FIFA and I don't think it should be there. Um, no. I'm all for it getting taken around the world, but I think if um, they're banning certain people being there, and, and uh, yeah, I don't think it should be there, but just purely on the football, how, how can you hate games at 10 o'clock, 1 o'clock, 4 oh. o'clock, 7 o'clock? Yeah, beauty. Yeah. I know. It's just actually managing to get John McGlynn to keep his meetings a bit shorter so that you can get to watch them. Uh, you were talking earlier on um, about Sean Dyche and the fact that he was Malky Mackay's number two at Watford when you were, were there. Uh, I'm keen to know just a little bit more about, about the man. Yeah, well, he's someone, obviously, when you go down, I knew, I knew a lot about Malky Mackay, obviously, played up here for Celtic um, he was the one that signed me I spoke to him when I, when I come down the name Sean Dyche I kind of remembered his penalty um, in the FA Cup um, but he really impressed he's the best I ever had in my whole career um, obviously I'm not a defender but he was the best I've ever seen at organising the defensive line um, and something that I was still 20, 21, 22 when I went down there and still learning a lot about the professional game and um, the, the nuts and bolts and, and I watched them organise it and the offside line they played and I, and I thought that's really good you know like that's and speaking to the defenders some the big defender Martin Taylor eh, unfortunately known for his tackling Eduardo but had a top career top player and he said also said it's the best he's ever had in terms of organising that line and he was brilliant he had a, he had a kind of no excuses policy um, at the club it was everyone was all in and he was quite up front, his man management was brilliant. I, 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 I unfortunately had done my cruciate under Malky and didn't actually play. I was injured the full season under right. Sean. So I was actually kind of able to see both sides. Mm-hmm. I sat in some of the meetings. I went to Ross Wilson was at the time. I went to some games with him. Um, so I kind of got to see how he kind of worked and it really impressed me and it, it didn't shock me at all how well he went on to do at Burnley. And is the problem that some people would have with Sean Dyche going to Rangers if that were to happen... The, that defence is his priority yeah I can see that um, it's not he's been a manager for a long time but he has 
his Watford team we didn't have a lot of money at the time um, the Pozzo family hadn't bought us out yet so it was a club that kind of had to do business if boys went, did well they'd move on for money and we'd have to sign cheaper players and he operated in this kind of same way at Burnley so but he what he's always said we've spoken about in interviews is he wants that opportunity to see that he can be more than that and as I said the, the Rangers what Richard, Richard Foster said Rangers just have to win you have to win every week what I know he, if, if he took the job is he would, it, the, the demands on the players he, there would be a standard you would need to hit like you should do at every big club but he, he, I, th- I thought he was excellent at that I thought at Watford there was real kind of standards and discipline to it all and as I said the only thing that people can ever accuse him of is is he able to go and be that team that goes and breaks down teams and has to win every week mm. I, I said to Peter Grant last night but Sean Dyche would be great for Rangers I would have thought but would he really would he come here I mean he's, he's been on massive money relatively speaking at Burnley and Peter Grant said well if it's Rangers or it's Celtic massive clubs and also the prospect of European maybe Champions League yeah I mean first and foremost do, do I believe I believe that Sean Dyche is first I think he thinks he's done enough to earn a premiership job in England mm. Um but you can't not look at Stephen Gerrard going into Rangers, winning the league, and then getting the Aston Villa job. So sometimes in football and life, you, you need to to move to to get to where you want to be. And he might see Rangers as that opportunity to go and get the league back from Celtic and and earn another Premiership move. Stephen, that's great. Um, good to see you. Enjoyed. Uh, the last hour with you on the Go Radio Football Show Stephen McGinn uh, that score line that match has finished has it at nil nil. so two back-to-back goalless draws Mexico nil, Pula nil off the back of Denmark nil, Tunisia nil at the World Cup and the big shock of course earlier on in the day Argentina won Saudi Arabia 2 we will be back uh, tomorrow night with the Go Radio Football Show Andy Walker is alongside me we're live at 5 the Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go! go.